0: Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, your weekly dose of plant-based chat with me, Holly Johnson. Before we get started, please do take two minutes to subscribe and leave us a review as it really does help us to rank in the charts and to keep going. Today I'm chatting to Kate Strong who's a world triathlon champion and performance leadership coach and of course a vegan. Um she's extremely inspirational. You have to listen to my interview with her and she's just a lovely person. I spoke to Kate earlier this week before joining her on a stretch of her climate cycle in Dorset. Kate Strong, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to see you thank you
1: so much Holly it's a delight to speak with you finally
0: yeah I know so it's been a few years since we've had you on the show and you've been a bit busy lately haven't you
1: (laughs) to say the least
0: yeah (laughs) so tell us what you've been up to tell us about Climate Cycle because I know a lot of people are following you on social media and seeing sort of way where you've got to what's it all about and why are you doing it you crazy woman
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm 11 weeks into this 13-week epic adventure, if you want. Uh, so on the 5th of June, which is World Environment Day, I started cycling on a handmade bamboo bike around mainland Britain. But I'm calling you from the islands of Portland, so I've also sneaked in a few islands as I'm going. And the entire mission was to cycle 3,000 miles, visit up to 30 community projects, and to start connecting to some more positive good news out there to find out ways that we can move the dial in this climate conversation without taking away the joy of today and also hopefully saving us a bit of money as well as the planet along the way. So uh, that's kind of what I'm knee-deep in Mm. at the moment. Uh, And also 11 weeks of fatigue has slowly crept into my life as well.
0: (laughs) Yes, bless you. I mean, if ever there was a time that we needed some positivity and some good news, it's now, isn't it? You know, the world seems to be falling apart sometimes and everyone you know kind of can get a bit like you say fatigued with the whole you know eco anxiety and what can we actually do and it's it's amazing what you're doing to sort of highlight some of these projects so what are some of the things that you've seen then along the way
1: well they they range from grassroots things that you and I could be doing today from composting to foraging to obviously eating alternative foods like I'm a passionate i'm I, you know I've been vegan almost 10 years so I'm very passionately plant-based but for others who who do eat meat say three times a, a day even transitioning to our lifestyle might be a little extreme so I've visited alternative proteins such as bug farms lobster hatcheries to again open up the conversation it's not just about proving me right it's about finding the best way to to help us move into a more green environment. But I've also visited universities to talk about microplastics. I didn't realise this, but microplastics are used in what we clean our skin with. It's also in leather because they need to fill, you know, what? when they remove the hair, they need to fill that with plastic. So us transitioning again towards that plastic. And it's disgusting thinking about it, but I didn't know this. And so now we can yeah. do something about it. Um so, yeah, I've sort of tried to visit some larger organisations as well about, you know, our cleaning products and how we can help eradicate the wash-on effect that we're not just sort of sweeping away or cleaning away the problem to someone else. Uh, but it's been yeah. enormously inf- inform- information overload. But, uh, you know, I am slowly trying to trickle out the information as well, intangible ways of so what, how does that impact me? What can I do about it today without feeling, as you said, that overwhelm or that anxiety as well?
0: You said you were pretty tired after, um, did you say 11 days? It feels like longer than that. 11 weeks. <laughs> 11 weeks. Even, oh, 11 weeks. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it's longer than that. 11 weeks of cycling. I mean, that's insane. How How have you done it? What's it been like? Because we haven't exactly had the best British summer, have we? <laughs>
1: oh, Oh Holly, I'm a I'm a fair weather cyclist. <laughs> I used to cycle in in Australia, so literally at the sight of a cloud, I'd be like, "Now wait till tomorrow. Like I've gone through 50 mile an hour winds. I've had weeks of rain where I'm so cold, I have to warm my hands up in my mouth to change my gears. I've been camping in, under oh. a tree to hope that you know I can stay a little bit drier. My socks, I've just given up on they're pretty much wet 24 seven. It's been absolutely on a cycling (laughs) journey, horrific. Uh, And then add on to that, I'm on roads, uh, I'm carrying 40 kilograms of weight. So I'm not the fastest thing on the road either. So cars are a little less sympathetic to my journey. So yeah, uh, for cycling, it's been a horrific journey. But the, the thing that keeps me going is knowing that there's another community waiting for me in a few days or a few hours or whatever, and I have to get there. Um, so it's it's bigger than me and my little moaning and the rain
0: (laughs) oh bless you no I don't think it's moaning is it when you've got to go through all that I mean you know not not a lot of people could do it how do you I always wonder with these things do you kind of get sponsorship for them because it's a lot of time isn't it to take out like you know the average person couldn't just sort of like leave their job and and go and cycle around the country for you know however many weeks
1: yeah, I mean, it's take, you know, I'm off the road for three months, but with honesty, it took me about a year to plan because I've got 50 projects and So to line them up to make sure that you know I've written a blog and I'm promoting them appropriately. Most of them don't pay because they're charities and I care for the cause. Um, but yes, I mean, I'm 44 as a, and a woman as well, so sponsorship doesn't flow as easily as say other uh, demographics of our society. But I have been sponsored by some visionary brands. Uh, I'm wearing the T-shirts now. So I've got Don't Cry Wolf and Climate Games. They really got behind me financially. But but I have had to take a personal hit. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. As long as my life is paid for, what do I want money for? I know this sounds a bit altruistic. As long as my rent is paid for, as long as the food is looked after, as long as I know I've got three months of life, say, uh, I can always plan what happens after that. So I I have taken a bit of a hit financially, Mm. but it's for it's for something bigger than that. And sometimes we've got to leap into the unknown to find out something bigger than what we've currently got as well.
0: Definitely. It's just amazing. I'm so sort of well, I'm sort of I'm envious, but also (laughs) not (laughs) like you say, Mm. the weather has not been um, on your side. Um, what's kind of been, like, what's stood out as a highlight then, whether it's been a, a particular place or a particular project? What would you say, you know, this was amazing? Well,
1: I'm very much a people person, so I absolutely love getting into communities and seeing how different groups are also interacting. So there's one project that really sticks out in my mind, which is in Porth Madog, which is sort of northwest on the coast of Wales. And a lady just relentlessly almost bullied the council until she was allowed to plant fruit f- trees outside the local supermarket. So people don't need to buy fruits wrapped up in you know plastic anymore. They can just pick an apple off a tree or pick their herbs from this herb garden. And she's got the kids involved as well. So they've built walls to feel the difference between north facing and south facing So again, they can build their houses, hopefully in the future south facing so they understand why that area is cold and this area is hot. Uh, She's also built walls out of plastic and mud that was gonna go to the tip. So, you know, we can build insulation with single use plastic uh, and to sort of sit in this little mud hut that's completely electrified, uh, very warm, uh, you know, with, with all the things we need. Uh, it's just it was just very heartening to see how she's challenging our usual go into a supermarket, pick up what we need in a basket and go out. It just gets us a little bit more curious and looking around and finding food that's much more closer to home, saving us money, saving the building costs because we're saving electricity because we're building on the south side uh, and also getting the kids involved because they knew more than I did when they were showing me rounds.
0: Oh, bless them. Oh, that's so, yeah, it's so important, isn't it, to involve that younger generation, because, you know, they're our future at the end of the day. And it sounds so good. I'm thinking, God, what could I do? I should be doing more. (laughs) (laughs) Could I plant some fruit trees somewhere? (laughs) Yeah, well, just putting a bucket in our shower. You know, they water their plants
1: by doing that. They just sort of store little buckets. And while we're waiting for our perfectly warm temperature all of that water could be going to good use afterwards. And yes, it's an extra two minutes of our day, but, but we can be, you know, saving, saving things as we're going along.
0: That's a great idea. Um, what about sort of some of the lowest points then? I mean, you, you sort of briefly touched on, you know, the weather and being freezing cold, even though it's supposed to be like July, August.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: What's kind of been, have you had any moments where you've thought, "What well, I can't do this?
1: It yes. It it was in July, it was the first of July. I was just leaving Strathcaron, uh, which is sort of northwest coast of Scotland. I didn't have anything for five days. It was just me cycling 50 to 70 miles and it was set for torrential rain every single day with busy undulating roads and thousands of feet of climbing. And I just got to the top of one hill. It was freezing cold. I was soaked through to the skin. Day three. Uh, a friend had just driven past me with a van and I said no for the lift and I just sat down and cried because I just thought why am I doing this Uh, and this is it sounds a bit weird and I'm sure it was my own psychology bringing it forward but the wind actually answered me and said well you need to know how far you you need you can go before we break you so you can keep going and you need something to push against in order to grow stronger and the weather here is definitely causing you to get stronger so if you want to stop you can but we know you've got more in you otherwise we wouldn't have pushed you so hard and so the wind weirdly answered me and and got me going again Uh, plus I was getting a lot colder (laughs) waiting at
0: the top of this hill and I had nowhere else to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to keep going I mean you do kind of you know find yourself getting a bit Bit sort of in touch with your spiritual side, don't you? When you are pushed to the edge with things, um, it's yeah, it's quite emotional listening to you say that. Uh, what what kind of drives you to do these things then? I mean, I know you're you know, you are a highly motivated person naturally, and you're not, yeah, you're not one to be just sitting around not doing much, are you? (laughs) But what, you know, what sort of what's What keeps you going? Is it just like, is it raising awareness and and sort of bringing people together? I think the thing
1: that keeps me going is I know know that our lives are worth more than the mundane crap 99% of us complain about. It's bigger than the toilet seat being up. It's bigger than the person who cut us off on the way to work. It's actually bigger than work. Our life is so much greater than we give it space to be. And it only... We can only see how great we can be when we're sitting on top of that mountain in Scotland crying because it's raining on the fifth day. That's when we realise, do you know what? I've got to Scotland and I know I'm going to get out of Scotland at some point as well, somehow. Uh, we have to push ourselves. <laughs> and we, you know, so this journey was about giving me hope to know that there are the good news out there. That we, again, the media doesn't give humanity a positive story. We are. They're very into othering us. And so I really wanted to reconnect with the others. I had to knock on someone's door that I didn't know and ask them, you know, can you house me? Cause I've got nowhere to sleep tonight and it's is raining again and I my tent won't put up because I broke it somehow. You know, I had to I had to rely on the strangers that I was told were dangerous. And and 99.9% of people are gorgeous. They want to help us. They're just like you and me, but we forget that. So this journey was about reconnecting to why I want humans to carry on existing, because we only hear about the badness. And to remind me that we are intrinsically good people wanting to do the best. We just sometimes get a little bit confused along the way, but it's not out of malice, it's out of ignorance. And so I'm here just to express curiosity and learn with everyone else. Uh, So that's kind of why I'm doing it on a selfish level to push me and to give myself hope but on a, on a larger scale to say you know we're just like each other just trying to survive maybe we can learn together and survive a little bit happier
0: mm. yeah that's can you know can give us all hope can't it I mean there's there's such a kind of divide sometimes isn't there especially when you're on social media with vegans versus meat eaters and all that sort of rubbish and and you do sometimes feel like god what is the point you know we're as much as you can live in this vegan bubble and everything on your feed is like, everyone's going vegan. We're still in such a tiny minority. And it's, you know, sometimes you'll just be like, why, why am I doing this? You know, you'll have these debates with people who are like, Oh no, you know, like basically throwing all the usual scenarios at you as to why they shouldn't give up meat and everything else. And you just kind of get sucked into the sort of negativity of it all. And us versus them and things like that and like you say we are all in this together and okay no not not everyone's going to go vegan um obviously we'd all love that but it's not probably not going to happen certainly not in our lifetime so let's work with each other and you know support each other if someone is never going to give up meat perhaps you know like you say could they eat more sustainably or just cut down a little bit and things like that
1: yeah exactly and you know (laughs) It's not about giving up our, like our utopia or compromising our values, because you and I both, you know, we've chosen our path for reasons bigger than ourselves and what's on our plate. And we know that it benefits ourselves and the environment and the animals, et cetera. And and I'm sure what we, those values are important to others as well, but we have to get into their world and support them their way. No one likes to be told what to, just like the wind pushing against me, I'm gonna complain about the winds if the wind works with me she's on my side and we're best of friends so why not work with our meat lovers uh, and help them understand and then it's with that conscious choice you know as I said I visited a lobster hatchery they do not breed lobsters so this is not in captivity but they support female lobsters that are caught that are carrying eggs I think they're called berry hens uh, so that when they hatch, they can release a higher percentage of four-week-old lobsters. So they've increased the possibility of their their broods surviving from 0.01% to 30%. I'm all for that. So if anyone's eating mm-hmm. a lobster, they should be sponsoring and donating to this charity to make sure that the numbers are increasing it, it's because of the impact that they're creating. So I'm not... I'm, yeah not like removing my vegan and my personal beliefs and putting whole objectivity into this. I'm not anti the meeting lobsters, but this is your impact. Clean it up now and you can do it with this charity.
0: So is everything on your blog then? Where can people find out about all these amazing projects? Have you have you sort of blogged it all?
1: <laughs> I have, yes. Yeah. So it's climate cycle um, it's called KateStrong.global slash climate cycle. Uh, and there's a sort of timetable of everywhere I visited, but it's also listed under five core themes which is home and energy, uh, food, travel, nature-based solutions, and also fun. Cause I think we need to put the fun in it. If we're not enjoying the journey, we're never going to change. And if we don't think the future is brighter and greener, again, we're not going to, I'm not going to work to a life that's scarcer and smaller. So it's about making sure that we have fun along the way. I, I am a few weeks behind. Mm-hmm. I do apologize, Holly. I've been a little bit busy. I'm on my 3000 mile cycling wow. at the moment. Um, but the the blogs okay, will be up by the end down. of the year. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I keep saying yes to great projects. So it means I keep adding more and more and having to write and research. But yeah.
0: Oh, sounds oh. like a lot of work on top of all the cycling you're doing.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm really keen about the so what as well, the call to action, because, you know, fine, I'm doing a cycle. So what? Like what's going to happen the 3rd of September when I stop? Uh, so I finish the 2nd and I personally don't want to then have to fundraise to do another cycle it's about making sure that the momentum is kept off these projects so each project also has links and call to actions in how we can apply it into our life not just donating to the charity but also learning how how could we go a little bit less on grids how could we save energy how can we plant food if we're living in a in a a flat it's not all about the utopian bylands move away you know quit quit society it's also about lessons that we can start applying today as well
0: that sounds brilliant I think we all need a bit of that although I think this summer I have just thought I do want to live off grid in a field somewhere I don't want to I don't want to be in the rat race anymore (laughs) it just gets a bit much sometimes doesn't it you're like on a hamster wheel
1: I lived. I lived in an off-grid community for three nights because I thought the dream was off-grid. It's hard work. It's hard work not having electricity. It's hard work having to light a fire in July to to you know to eat. It's hard work yeah. to go up a up the street to fill out of a stream your water bottle or in the rain go to use your compost bathroom. It it's not as romantic as it sounds. So. I would, I would always suggest try it before you buy it because I'd love it,
0: yeah. but I'm not sure
1: I want to live it anymore.
0: Yeah. So I was just going to ask you, um, if you don't mind about like your diet whilst you're, you've been traveling, because like you say, you've been in all these sort of random people's houses and, in you know, sort of out, out to wherever in Scotland and things like that. So how, you know, what sort of, um, have you managed to kind of, eat some good food or <laughs> not really
1: it's, it's been a world of extremes again just like the weather just like my emotions uh, always always vegan like I don't I don't step over that but I haven't I've just eaten whatever I can get my hands on it doesn't help that I'm a vegan that doesn't like peanut butter or bananas because those <laughs> seem to be the go-to for me <laughs> especially on the road So some days I've literally just lived on a bowl of oats and water and handfuls of nuts. And then I I found some ginger biscuits that are vegan. So I've just lived off that. Uh, It doesn't do my mood great, but it's the only fuel I can get my hands on. But then I also find some exceptional vegan restaurants and people have cooked me some delicious food off their own pantry as well. Because, you know, quite a few people have opened their doors to me are into the sort of eco world as well so we can sort of forage in their garden for my berries in the morning as well so it's been a complete extreme yeah but but again it it just shows that we don't need to measure our nutrients as meticulously as people think because I am fine I'm tired but I'm not deficient I have an event like this morning even though it's my day off I've been windsurfing you know we've been hiking around Portland uh so I have the energy. I'm just physically tired because I'm sleeping in a different bed every night. Yeah. Uh, so oh. the food has been pretty average, as in the biscuit days, but also <laughs> quite exceptional when I've been able to pick my own.
0: Oh, amazing. So your day off and you went hiking. I mean, you're just you're just mad. <laughs> um, so we. we. <laughs> We've managed to connect. We've been trying to sort of connect whilst you've been on your journey. But due to sort of Wi-Fi problems and things, we've not been able to. But as soon as I saw you were coming to Portland, which is where I went to school and it's it's very close to where I live now. um, I was like, okay, we have to chat. We have to meet up. So what's your opinion of Portland? Have you been there before? Because I know you've got friends there.
1: I've been I've travelled to briefly before because I went to I supported some athletes who were doing the triathlon in Weymouth. But it's my first proper time living or staying here. And I love it. I love this island. Uh, it's it, it's filled with nature. It's obviously surrounded by water uh, and connected to that sort of rawness of what the, what nature gives us. But again, it reminds me we need to protect it because a lot of times we think, oh, it's a protected area or it's a heritage site. We forget that we still need to support the local habitats. You know, there's, there's still intrusive vegetation coming in uh, that we need to physically remove as well so I think it's up to us to protect these areas that we're sort of liking as well yeah but yeah I, I pretty much I love this island I'm, as I've said to every project to date I'm definitely coming back
0: yeah <laughs> oh don't say that they'll be expecting you to do it again next year <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah I've tentatively already planned a sort of cycle thing in spring with the kids from the school oh, so bless you. yeah I will be back <laughs> oh
0: I love that Portland is such a quirky place I mean I've got A lot of friends there um, who have lived there, you know, all their lives. The kids grow up with such an amazing childhood. I mean, my best friend's from Portland and her dad still lives right on the um, sort of just above Chesil Beach. And, you know, every morning he wakes up and that's what he sees, that beautiful view of the sea and the, you know, the Chesil Beach, which a lot of people will have heard of because it's quite famous. And it's just, yeah, she just grew up, you know, carefree, running down um go you know swimming in the sea and everyone knows each other it's a very um it's a very unique place and of course it's been in the news lately hasn't it because of the bibby stockholm um asylum barge uh which has sort of received you know sort of mixed um uh, emotions from people i think hasn't it have you have you seen it down in the pork i haven't actually because i cycled across the
1: the peninsula the only way in and we went towards the lighthouse to talk about this sort of field we're trying to protect at the moment right. And went then to the allotments so I, I haven't and I'm a little bit out of touch with the news one thing that's been great is I haven't kept up to date with the media yeah but one thing that's bad is also I miss these important stories as well
0: yeah no it's been quite interesting to follow tomorrow morning you are off again where are you cycling to next
1: tomorrow I'm cycling to Bournemouth uh, right. I'm spending another two nights there so the joy about this trip, because I planned it this way, is I do have a few more days off along the way because I knew I'd be tired, yes. uh, which means I can get to a vegan meetup in Bournemouth and oh. actually be a normal human being and actually just go out one night. I, I'll be wearing the same t-shirt, so if anyone sees me, I'll be wearing <laughs> identical clothes for the rest of my life. Uh, but but yeah, I can actually just sort of socialize a bit and, and see Bournemouth as a person rather than a project and cycling on.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah that's really nice I did a um I met up with a few vegan runners actually in Bournemouth when I did um the 10 Bournemouth 10k I think it was in March and um there's some lovely vegan restaurants there's 12 have you heard of 12 eatery that's a nice one mm, I'm sure right. I will yeah the
1: amount of calories I'm burning I could literally eat at every vegan restaurant yeah. in Bournemouth and still yeah. lose weight yeah uh, <laughs> not that that's the goal but yeah <laughs> It's it's giving me a pass to try a lot of food. Oh,
0: amazing! Well, hopefully, I will be able to wave to you at some point tomorrow morning. Whether it's Portland or I mean, do you come through Dorchester? Because that's where I am.
1: I think I do. I'll send you my link. I'll send you my route tomorrow. Because every single part of my route is available on my website. So anyone who wants to cycle with me for a minute. A day I've had someone join me for a week like you're more you plural are more than welcome uh because I am going at a snail's pace because okay. of the weight of my bag so yeah I'll I'll send you my link uh, Send me the, the link. and everyone's allowed that. to come with me
0: yeah, yeah I'd absolutely love that I've got a bike so I can just grab it out the garage and just come and join you for five ten minutes yes. or something That'd yeah. be
1: brilliant. <laughs> and people who do sign my bags so you can sign one of my bags okay that'd that be lovely be forever part of climate cycle
0: oh Kate, thank you for everything that you do and inspiring us giving us hope you know for a better tomorrow and that there are amazing things going on out there and it's not all doom and gloom and <laughs> people moaning about stuff so good luck with the rest of it and um yeah hopefully I'll, I'll see you tomorrow morning
1: yeah I look forward to it thank you all so much Holly. <laughs>
0: Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening and please do drop us a line. Let us know what you thought. Simply vegan at anthem.co.uk. You can also try an issue of Vegan Food and Living magazine for just 99p when you head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. Next week, it's Molly's leaving Do So please do join us. Please do tune in um grab a drink of choice doesn't have to be alcoholic nice cup of green tea whatever takes your fancy and um yeah just uh, join us to give her a really good send off we're going to miss her lots